when it comes to teaching your dog focus, being able to listen to you, being able to respond to you, even when there's distractions around, it's as much about what not to do as it is about what to do. And that's what we're going to be covering with today's episode. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Welcome back everybody. Today we're going to be talking about focus, which is a really, really popular topic in dog training. We get hundreds of emails every single month about this in terms of how can I get my dog to be more focused? How can I get them to listen to me when there's all so much exciting stuff going on in the environment? Um, I was speaking to a couple of people this week who really got the feeling that their, and these are my words, not theirs, that their dog was giving them their fairy middle finger and saying, yeah, no, not right now, I'd rather go and do this. (laughs) Um, And it can feel like that sometimes. What's happening in reality is just that your dog, even though they might understand the cue or the thing that you're asking them to do, like watch you or come or whatever it might be, actually in that scenario, for whatever reason, and we can think about what those reasons might be, they're not able to do as you've asked. Um, And there's a whole bigger, wider question about whether dogs should just obey just all the time which I would kind of think no (laughs) to be honest but we do like to have some kind of reliability with our focus for safety reasons so when our dog is somewhere and we think actually I need you to listen to me right now because your health is at risk or there's something that means that I need you to listen to what it is that I'm asking you to do we want to have a level of reliability there that our dog can focus on us So today we're going to run through the six R's of focus. Now the first three are actually things not to do and the last three are things to do. Now to be honest I could probably come up with about 100 R's and other letters as well but this is just a little introduction, a little taster so that you can start to think am I maybe doing some of these first three that are making it harder for my dog to focus on me and am I doing less of the second um, lot of of three (laughs) second lot of three r's okay learn how to speak holly all right so the first three r's are things that we don't really want to do so the first one when we're thinking about focus is repetition now you might be thinking that's weird surely i should be repeating the skill until my dog knows it Well, what I'm talking about in this first R is actually something a little bit different than that. So what kills me when I see it, and it's so funny, even in classes and one-to-one sessions, when I specifically say and repeat it myself, ironically, and I say, don't say sit, 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 or touch, 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 or whatever. Say it once, give them a few seconds, let their brain kick in. If you're not getting anything, maybe say it twice if you think they've just had a brain fart moment. Don't say it three times, four times, five times or 27 times because that's not teaching your dog to focus on you. That's not helping them to listen to you. Actually, if anything, that's nagging them. Sit, 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 sit. And yes, they might sit on the ninth time, but is that what you really want? Do you want your dog to have to hear you say the cue nine times before they finally are able to listen to you? And often there's two reasons why they listen on that ninth time either the thing that's distracting them or making it difficult for them to listen in the first place another dog maybe has moved on so then they're like oh okay I can listen to you now 
or you are bringing punishment into the mix. So you've said sit, 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 and then you've gone sit, sit, sit down. Or maybe you've even pushed them with your hand or something like that, not aggressively, but just push their bum down. There's never any need to do that. If you're at the point where you've said it nine times and you're having to bring out that angry tone and physically push your dog's bum to the ground, something has gone wrong. They don't understand it in that situation. My computer's beeping at me. So... I want you to think about if you are saying sit, 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 then actually that's not working for your dog in that scenario. So you need to think about how to set up that scenario better. And we're going to think about those when we come to the three R's that we want to do. Okay, so the second R to avoid is repression. So when we're thinking about focus, the opposite of focus is being unfocused, right? (laughs) So we want our dog to listen to us maybe to look at us, to respond to our cues and the things that we're asking them to do. But our dog is elsewhere. Their mind is looking at something else. They're sniffing, they're listening, they're watching, they're sighting something or air scenting or something like that. So what I don't want you to do is to try to repress those natural behaviours. So let's say you, your dog is off the lead and you've called them, but they've just started running after another dog that's got a ball. So another dog parent has thrown a ball for their dog. That dog's run to chase it. Your dog's gone, that looks fantastic. I'm going to chase not only the ball, but also the other dog and potentially the other person as well. And you then say, okay, you're not allowed to chase. There is no chasing happening here. Now, In that circumstance, chase is your dog's natural instinct, especially if you have a breed that has been bred to chase. But actually, most dogs like to chase. Even my dog, who's definitely not bred to to chase, in fact, the opposite, even she likes chasing. I quite like chasing and I'm a human. (laughs) So to be honest, if you try and just shut it down and say you're never allowed to do that thing, you're not going to get focus. You're actually probably going to get the opposite. Your dog He's either not going to listen to you at all because they're so fixated on doing the thing you don't want them to do that they're just going to be like, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm watching whatever whatever is happening over there. I'm watching that lurcher chase their tennis ball, for example. Or they'll just wait for any opportunity. So you think you've got to a point where you're like, okay, I don't think they're going to chase anymore. You take that lead off and they're gone because they're like, I have to get this out of my system. This is what I was born to do. So as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm doing it. Not in a calculated way but just an aha my chance let's go (laughs) kind of a way so rather than repressing that chase behavior in that example give them an outlet for chase have chasey games with you make it about playing chase and doing fun things with you rather than chasing that dog or if it's safe to do so and you've spoken to the other human in this scenario okay you can chase that dog but I need you to do something first I need you to connect with me in some way first and then we'll have a little chase and you then decide are you using a long line in that chase if it's safe to do so so you can remove them when you need to are you letting them chase for 15-20 minutes as some dogs would do I probably wouldn't let it go on for that long so think about what management you need to be able to contain that situation okay the third thing to avoid the third art to avoid is actually repetition again <laughs> so we've spoken about repetition in terms of not saying sit 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 15 times what we're thinking about now is actually when you're teaching a new skill 
So think about it from your dog's point of view. Let's say you're teaching your dog to lie down. And a lot of dogs don't like lie down, by the way. Lots of people have problems with it when they're teaching it. And they're like, every dog should lie down. Well, not all of them do. Some dogs aren't built that way. It's actually uncomfortable to lie down. Some dogs don't like having their belly on cold surfaces or wet surfaces. There's lots of reasons why. So if you're struggling with it, you're not alone. (laughs) And maybe think about, is there an alternative behaviour you could teach your dog instead if they really don't like a down? But that's another story. So if it was you and you went to, I don't know, let's say you went to a circus skills training and you went in and there were all these amazing things. There was the trapeze, there was the, um, what's that thing where they like swing around in a ball? There was juggling, there was fire throwing, there was the silk ropes that you can tumble down. There were all these amazing like toys that you could play with. And everyone else in the group was allowed to experiment with all these different things. And the instructor said, you are just going to stand in the corner and, and do juggling. That's it. And you were like, why? <laughs> they said, well, you just need to practice that do it again no that was rubbish do it again do it again oh that was a bit better do it again and then you went back the next day and the same thing and the same thing and the same thing it gets a bit boring (laughs) and you're not going to be as focused on making your juggling the best it could be because you're thinking about all the other things you could be doing instead so even if you are working on a specific skill like teaching a down in a two minute training session you could do 20 seconds of down training and then 20 seconds of tug and then 20 seconds of spin and twist training because your dog loves that and then 20 seconds of tug and then 20 seconds of down again and then tug (laughs) so in that session I think that was probably closer to three minutes but you've mixed it up so your dog is not only learning the new skill but a they're getting a fantastic reward for it because they're getting to play tug afterwards if that's something they enjoy And B, it's keeping it fresh, it's keeping it interesting. Um, Often in agility, you'll see people doing the same drills over and over again, jump and turn, jump and turn, jump and turn. Okay, yeah, sure, the more times your dog does that, the more it's going to get into their brain and into their muscle memory. But actually, is that fun for that dog? Maybe a bit, but it would be more fun if they did that and then they did a bit of something over here and a bit of something over there. So when you're thinking about training a skill, mix it up as much as you possibly can. Okay, so they were our three R's to avoid. So repetition, repression and repetition for a second time. Now we're going to move on to thinking about the three R's that you want to embrace when it comes to focus. So the first one, you should be able to get this. What's the R that we're looking for (laughs) when it's coming to teaching focus? Of course, we have to talk about relationship. The relationship between you and your dog, the connection that you and your dog have. And often people will say to me, oh, like we're, we're really bonded. We're super, super bonded. And I'm talking about a training relationship here. So it is related to um, the relationship that you have with your dog cuddling on the sofa and chatting to them in the kitchen when you're making your breakfast, of course. But what we're looking for here is your dog's desire and ability to train with you, to work with you, to learn with you. That's a little bit different from their ability to snuggle with you. So you may have a fantastic snuggle bond and that will definitely help your relationship 100%. But we're also thinking about have you considered what's rewarding for your dog? And we've talked about, spoken about that in various episodes before. It's not just about giving them chicken every single time. Can you vary the food reward? Can you give other types of reward that your dog enjoys as well? 
And then it's thinking about things like we've just said. Can you vary your training sessions? Can you vary your dog's day? Can you provide comfort to them when they're feeling worried? All of these things that build into a relationship. And when I'm thinking about relationship in dog training, it's not purely transactional. So people often think, well, I'm giving lots of treats, so I must be building a relationship. Of course dog, dogs love treats, like we all do. And if you're rewarding behaviours that you like with food or whatever, then your dog is more likely to do those behaviours. But actually, we want to transfer that value over. And if you guys haven't listened to the episode called The Lettuce Chocolate Effect yet, go back and listen to that, because that's talking about that transfer of value, where initially your dog really values the food reward, let's say. We want that to transfer over to them valuing you you and then the food reward is just a bonus so that's what we're thinking about when we're thinking about relationship and connection because if you don't have that piece there initially when your dog is in a situation where they're a little bit freaked out or very very excited or distracted in some way shape or form you're not going to have the focus that you want because the relationship isn't there to start with so relationship if you do nothing else focus your time there Okay, second, so this goes hand in hand with what we've just spoken about not to do. So the second R of what to do is what we call randomization. So what we're thinking about here is actually, can you randomize what you do with your dog? So can you think, how much variety can I put into my dog's training? How much variety can I put into their day? And a really good tester for this is how how predictable you have become. So if you're someone like me that likes to do a few tricks with their dog, let's say, you're going to um, ask for something. So the other day, let's say, I asked my dog to do a sit pretty, which is where they go up on their back legs and, and stick their little paws up, their front little paws up in the air. And he did it and he held it. I opened my mouth to give him another cue and he dropped down into a down position and I thought all right and it wasn't that he fell he went into that position deliberately and I was like okay so clearly I've done sit pretty into down one too many times and I'm becoming very predictable (laughs) so think about even things like that how much can you mix up what it is that you're doing let's say your dog knows um, back feet on an object. So my dogs know how to put their front paws on the ground and their back feet on an object. Now when I'm teaching this initially, of course I'm going to use something really stable like a box or a tree stump or something that's not going to move around to give them the confidence in the behaviour. Once they know it, I get them to stick their back feet up on all kinds of weird and wonderful things. So on a wall, on a lamppost, on the side of something out and about. Um, And I got my dog to do it on this very, very odd shaped kind of like, I guess it was like a a bottom of a tree stump that was still embedded in the ground. It was a weird shape and it was kind of a, a small space for him to manage. And he was like, oh gosh, I've really got to figure this out. And I could see the cogs whirring in his brain. That's randomization. That's how strong is that behavior can you do it even in these weird circumstances even when there's thunder overhead which there was in that situation now of course my dog's very comfortable with thunder so that's okay you're obviously going to adjust it to your dog but it's really thinking about how you can mix that up that experience for them and the third r retraining so this can never be done too much And there's two parts to this. So if I have my dog in a new scenario and a new situation, a fantastic way to build their confidence is to retrain behaviours they already know well. So let's say your dog knows a squeeze really well. So squeeze for us is your dog standing between your two feet and you're both pointing forward. 
So your dog nose squeeze really, really well. You ask them to do that. And then you're going to go somewhere new and a little bit stimulating, testing out our focus. I'm going to lure or shape that behavior as if he has never, ever learned it. Now, of course, he's going to do it really easily unless he's very stimulated or over aroused because he knows it. (laughs) But even then, you're going to teach it like it's never been taught. He's going to do it and you're going to make such a huge, huge fuss out of him. Like, wow, that was incredible. And he's like, what? What is this person doing? I know this. (laughs) But what we're doing is we're saying it's a new place. It's a new situation. If you're still able to learn in this way, then wow, you're amazing. It also gives you a bit of a barometer because you can then decide hmm is my dog able to learn in this situation if they are maybe I'll test them with a skill they don't know so well or maybe I'll try and teach something totally new but rather than going in with the new thing go in with the old thing teach it like it's brand new give them loads of success get them feeling confident and happy and you as well and then go on from there The other side of retraining is thinking about when it fails. So that's getting in front of it, which is the ideal. Sometimes that doesn't happen like that. And we go somewhere where we think our dog is coping and we ask them to do something very, very simple. And they say, I can't do that right now. I just can't do that. I can't hear you. I can't listen to you. I can't focus on you. In that situation, then I would be retraining to help my dog. So... The classic example, you ask your dog to sit at the side of the road. They say, I can't do that because I've only ever sat in front of you and now I'm to the side of you and I don't understand. Exactly the same as we've just done. You retrain it as if they've never learned it. They'll get it very quickly because they already know it. And then you move on from there. So they're the two sides of it. Ideally, I'd want to be doing the first one and be really proactive. Doesn't always happen. Doesn't matter though. You can still use it in the second way as well. Alrighty. So... They are the three R's to avoid and the three R's to embrace when it comes to just thinking about how to get some fantastic focus from your dog. I also have some really super exciting news. So as I said, we get loads of questions about focus, tons, every single week. (laughs) It's one of the most asked about things. So I have put together a focus dog challenge, which is starting on Monday. Very, very excited about this one. It's completely brand new and we're going to have lots of people taking part. So if you need some help with focus with your dog, I'm going to put the link in the show notes where you can join us in that challenge. Get involved, get excited, start to see some results really really quickly it's only five days so not too much (laughs) not going to take up too much of your time just a couple of minutes each day and I hope to see some of you in there all right everybody take care bye hi again just before you go if you are interested in taking part in that focus dog challenge which is just five days long I've put the link in the show notes for you so whatever platform you're on you can grab it if you don't know where to find the show notes don't worry you can also go to our facebook page which is pause up dogs or our instagram account which is pause up dogs training and you will find the links for that challenge in both of those places as well i hope to see some of you in there take care